0: I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. That sounds good, right? All right. Do you know how God does restoration work? Does anybody know how He does restoration work? All right. Because part of the restoration was the swarming locust. Amen. Did, did you get that? Did you hear what I'm saying? I mean, there wouldn't have been anybody saying, Oh, God, we need your help if it wasn't for the swarming locust. Because some people just keep going out to the field and picking corn like it don't matter. But then something happens and you realize, wait a minute, I need to decide whether that is bigger or God is bigger. And then I have to decide who I'm going to worship. The corn or the God of the fields and the mountains and the valleys. You still like me? All right. Praise God. Love me, thank you. Praise God. I'll take that too. Uh, Hebrews chapter ten. Let me share this first portion of it, uh, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. All right. So, uh, in your notes, just you can circle stir up love and good works. Stir up love and good works. And I'm going to talk about being stirred up today. I'm going to do a little bit more of what I did last Sunday because sometimes I need your focus. Are you ready? As many as will, I want you to stand with me for the reading of God's word. All right. I know Sister Jan loves this because I said that last Sunday. She shouted hallelujah. All right. So, so if you can, Luke 17, beginning in verse number 26. Here I go. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise as it was also in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be when the Son of Man is revealed. And that day, he who is on the housetop, this is verse 31, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down and take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife? Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it and whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you in that day, there will be two men in one bed, The one will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together. The one will be taken and the other left. Two men will be in the field. The one will be taken and the other left. That's the scripture. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Now, Father, we need your help today. Lord. Lord, you have opened up our heart. You've given great revelation already in this worship time, in this dance ministry. And, Lord, you have prepared the soil. Now, Lord, I pray that the seeds would go in deep and they would take root. Come, Holy Spirit, into this house and do the work that only you can do by your Spirit. Use your servant today in Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So I'm talking about stirring up the church. Let's look at the rest of that. All right. Now, let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. And then he goes on, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Now, just looking at that scripture, that's not saying that if you're watching online, you're bad people. That's not what he's saying, all right? I want you to hear this, that as people see the day approaching, there is a falling away. And out of that falling away is, we just don't want to listen to this anymore. Just don't want to hear the gospel anymore. I need, you know, I need more, you know, happy stuff and things that I can always agree with. So we move away. But in the last days, there has to be prophecy, there has to be power. So here I am. Uh, But I'm looking at the word stir up because let us. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love. Somebody say, stir up love. Now, now, I like it when we say it that way, but that is really not what the word means. The word stir is also translated spur or shake. So to stir up sounds like you're putting some sugar in your coffee. That's not what this scripture is talking about. It is if, if you do a word study on it, it is more like a horse that refuses to move, and somebody is sitting on it, and they take their spurs that are on their boots and they hit it in in the back, and it goes, go, oh, I can't just sit here anymore. That's that's the idea. To to spur, you know, and I'm I'm generally a nice guy. I I am. I'm I'm generally a very nice, easygoing guy. You guys know that about me. I mean, that good Pastor Rick. I mean, look at this face. How could you not love it? Really? Until I'm in a car and I'm sitting behind someone at a traffic light and the light turns green and they're on their phone. All right? And I'm nice about it. I really am. I am nice. I just, I usually, Dinah can vouch for this. I give it a, a quick little honk. Honk. You know, because if you honk too hard, they think you're really angry. And I'm not really angry. I just need them to be spurred along. I just, I need get giddy up. But sometimes it takes more than a beep. <laughs> because you can get, you can get really so caught up in your social media moment or your little game that you're playing that you can forget that there are five cars behind you who have an appointment to make. And so I may have once, twice, 20 times, I may have went from honk to honk, still loving them, not offended, just helping them to understand. Did I hear that? It's time to get moving. Somebody say that with the pastor right now. It's time to move. It's time to get moving, you know? And, and I'm, I think generally, I mean, looking around all of us, we're generally nice people until we see a video of George Floyd being murdered, right? I mean, we saw that, and when I saw that, I thought, you can't do that, you know? And, and I, you know, when I, when I tell you that, as, as believers, this is not just a racial thing. It is an issue of godlessness, It's a sign of the time also, because ultimately in all that we do regarding the pandemic, the racial injustice, there are things that are happening right now in the world that are stirring people up. And we should be stirred up to love and good works. Shout it, love and good works. Now, I'm glad... Some people are stirred up today. Two things that I want to do in this teaching. One is, and you can see this, that he says stirred up to love and good works, but, and in that, exhorting one another. Exhorting, does everybody understand exhorting? Speaking to, literally preaching to each other. As we get toward the end, we need more preachers. We need more preachers, not just in this house we need more preachers and so much the more read the last words as you see the day and the reason that's capitalized there is because it is speaking of day of the lord a holy day a supernatural day so i want to begin with that last part of the scripture but i want to do th- i want to do two things i want to stir you up to love and good deeds and i want to stir us up for the cause of the day of the lord not Not taking a shot with the scripture. We are struggling as we are apart, but we are still close spiritually. And we need to stay close. Can I talk to everybody online, everybody in the room? We need to stay very close. We need to stay close to God and to other believers. You know people in your circle that know Jesus. Stay close to them. Stay close, love one another, spiritually stay close, but specifically as the day of the the Lord is coming. This is not, again, a shot at social distancing. This is teaching about the necessity of being close to God and one another at this time. So let me start with the second part, and then we'll do the first part of this teaching, okay? Stirring up as we see the day approaching. I was, uh, I, I like to get out. Anybody else like to get out? I like to go to parks. I like to go. I mean, if you follow me uh, on uh, my Facebook page or Instagram or InstaStory, you're going to see pictures of me and my wife outside. Yes. I mean, I like taking pictures with her because she's so pretty and makes me look so good. Did she just walk in the door? Catch. I timed that perfect. All right. I, uh, I, just, I just enjoy it. I like I like looking at the sky. anybody else like looking at the sky even if it's cloudy. I like looking at the sky. Uh, I was uh, uh, out the other day and while we we're out my grandson how many know I have a grandson named Malachi all right so he he was uh, he facetimed us and he was talking about going to the dentist you guys know him so and uh, and he was talking about you know he's getting a couple of teeth pulled something and And in the conversation, he brought up, did you know that there are stories in the old TV show, The Simpsons, that talk about what's going on right now? In The Simpsons. Like one of their prophecies was that Donald Trump would be the president. Yep, it said it. they had an episode about Donald Trump becoming the president. The Simpsons, years before he ever became the president. And then they had another one about Disney buying 20th Century Fox. They had one. And then they had one about smartwatches before we ever had smartwatches. And then they had one about Siegfried and Roy being attacked by their own white tiger. They also had one about an Ebola outbreak. Uh, Now, I'm thinking, who wrote this stuff? Some of you are looking at me like you're really impressed. I've got another story that you ought to read. It's called the Bible. He's all impressed about the Simpsons. I had a lot of junk in the Simpsons too, all right? But according to the Bible, we are living in a severe time. And as believers, we need to understand and be able to interpret the times. We need to understand that Jesus Christ is coming back and he is not leaving us here alone during these last days. Currently today, regardless of all the events you see, we are not living in a time of judgment. Somebody praise God for that. We are living in a time of grace. The world is currently not being judged. Because according to what I see in scripture, before cataclysmic judgment falls upon this earth, first of all, he's going to come back and take me away. Amen. However, I'm giving you some tough conversation right now, spurring con- conversation. Nobody likes that. And as a pastor, people don't want me to spur. They want me to coddle. They want me to embrace just. I know you're going to hell, but I love you. Just keep living that way. No, I can't do that today, all right? How many love real authenticity? Anybody love authenticity? But sometimes we have a different opinion of authenticity. We believe authenticity is when you don't tell me the truth. Like, Like, you know... Here's some authentic talk, okay? Uh, You're broke, and you got to stop spending your money like that. Do you like that? How about this, okay? You can't treat each other that way. It dishonors the Lord. And if you keep doing it, I have just one phrase for you. Child support payments visitation see some people getting offended already I've actually sat with people and told them these things because eventually you get to the place where I know master I know I'm supposed to love God but I can't stand that creep right there okay there are times when you have to look at somebody and say you got to stop living for the devil You got to stop doing that. And and, you know, it's called. You you can't beat around the bush. As a pastor, you think, "What if people leave me?" I had to get over that a long time ago. Here's the fact: Jesus had everybody leave him, and he looked at the ones that were left and said, "Are you guys going to leave me like everybody else left me?" And out of those that were left, he raised up apostles. So, so you think, you know. You know, people will leave. It happened to Jesus, it happened to John the Baptist. How many remember John the Baptist? Okay, John the Baptist was a preacher of righteousness. And the Bible says in Matthew 1 and 3 John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Be nice to each other, for the kingdom of heaven is not. Somebody said, I mean, eventually, but repent. Somebody shout, "Repent." Repent. This is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Somebody shout straight paths, shout it, straight paths. So, so did John the Baptist change his message because people got mad? I mean, when Herod arrested him, did he say, look, could we just talk for a minute? I know I said a lot of tough stuff. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. No! John the Baptist knew that the only way to wake up Herod and everyone else was to give him some straight talk. Matthew 3 and 7, when, when uh, John the Baptist saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, if you're coming... Bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not say to yourselves, well, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these very stones. So here's what they're saying. They're saying, look, my family were members of the church. So we're good. And he goes on. He says, even now the ax is laid to the root of the trees therefore every tree which does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire what is he talking about there come on you don't have to pull out your you know your uh your lexicon or your concordance what is he talking about he's saying guys you got to get your life right or you're going to get chopped down and thrown into the anybody still want me to preach i hate it when pastors preach like that i know Because you have somebody else who is your pastor. Who tells you what you want to hear. Anybody? Look, the numbers are still good. Look at that on Facebook. I'm grateful. So he said, I indeed baptize you with water into repentance. You think that stuff. He who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hands. He is... He is separating the wheat from the chaff. He is his winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Right now, he's saying, "I'm just giving you some tough talk," but he's coming back, and he's literally going to separate those that are his from those that are not his. Preach, pastor. He called Herod out. So much anxiety in the world right now. And I think sometimes what we just really want is pastors who will just make it all go away. You know, preachers, I don't know if we'll survive like, you know, I would say survive like John the Baptist. John the Baptist didn't survive. Uh, But I think the message for some of us is so unreasonable. Uh, Here's the question, and this can give you anxiety. I don't want it to be a major trigger, but I want it to be a spiritual trigger, What are you going to do as the world is finishing up? How are you going to live your life as we move into the last days? Is this okay to preach today? Am I okay? Bishop Gabriel, am I okay up here? What are we going to do as we see the Lord return? Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 21. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve both God. And it says money, but it's really the word mammon, which speaks of idolatry, which which was literally an idol. You can't serve God and idols, but I think money kind of, sort of is our idol. And we're seeing that as we move to a cashless society, which is not far away away from us. And we're, we're like the frog in the kettle. It's like, you know, it's just a better way to do things. No, it's so that you listen, when that happens, your kid will not be able to go across the street and mow grass for somebody for $5 because every nickel, every dime that you have has to be tracked so you can be controlled. So when the chip is asked to be placed in your hand and you say, oh, it's okay, I don't mind. It's just a good way. I want you to understand that we're moving toward the last days. So how are we going to do this? Uh, A few years ago, when Emory used to uh, sing with a particular band, uh, we were over at Rock Church one day and I met Jonathan McReynolds for the first time. Anybody heard of Jonathan McReynolds? Wow. The man can sing. All right, he's got a song called No Gray. All right. And uh you know, a wonderful brother, I mean, just wow. How many again, anybody heard of Jonathan McBurney besides me? Okay. So okay, the three of us, okay? So uh and you know, a, a wonderful, you know, black brother sings the gospel with guitar strapped around his neck and some of his lyrics of a song called No Gray uh, he, and these are lyrics, yeah I wrote this song and I pray that you listen to all the words because I feel like at some point in everybody's life we feel like this Lord I'm split in two, part of me loves the world and the other loves you so what do I what do? I, I want to be saved but I got to stay cool too and no I'm not a fool I know eventually I'm going to have to choose and really I don't want to choose my ticket into heaven and a chance to be used by you And if it's God that I'm after, I just can't. Something happens. I got to turn it all around because I know I can't just have my cake and eat it too. Because it's real easy to stay on the fence and still do you. And it'd be cool if we could love the Lord and still go do our thing. But see, it doesn't work like that. You got to be white or black. Did I say that? All right. Are you still saying amen? You still... I lost a few people online, but most of them are still staying there. So, so, um, how's the weather look out there today? Looks nice, doesn't it? All right. You know how I I predict the weather? I watch a little bit of the news and then I look at the sky. All right. How many do this? It's like. Yeah, I know they said it's going to rain, and you kind of feel the breeze coming in, so you know something might be blowing in once the wind kicks up. Okay, it's nice to fly kites, but you know something's coming in when the wind kicks up. The breeze just doesn't blow. It's usually connected to something else. Then you look at the skies, and you can see some dark clouds coming. and say, oh, that, but that cloud's not so dark. That doesn't look like a rain cloud. I haven't been to school for all of this, but I kind of have an understanding. That when I look at this, anybody like me regarding that, and so you know, you're going to go outside, spend some time, you look at the sky, say, "Yeah, I think we can do. I mean, we can probably finish this this uh, this cookout before anything happens." You know, I'm going to go ahead and grill out my chicken right now. Something could come, but I think. I think I got about an hour and a half before those clouds get too bad. How many have ever been there? Anybody been there before? We're kind of good at that sort of thing. And Jesus makes a statement one day. He He says, how can you look at the skies and predict the weather, but you can't predict the signs of my coming? Our devotions on Friday morning, Philippians 1 and 6, Diane and I, if you do not pray, if you're married and you're not praying together, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You need to start praying together as a husband and a wife. It works. It works. Say, Pastor, don't say that. Said it too late. (laughs) you got to start praying. If you're not, I'm not sending to hell. That's not me, okay? I'm just saying you need to start praying together. So my wife and I pray together. Philippians 1 and 6 was our devotional. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to a completion. Read the rest of the words. At the day of Jesus Christ. Nobody sings that. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Okay? When is it going to be complete? So basically what he's doing in your life is good. Somebody say it's good. But I'm going through trouble right now. Somebody shout it's good. Why is it good? Because he is doing a good work in me so that I will be ready when Jesus returns. I wonder if we really understand that, okay? So many of the promises of God are connected to this truth. We are the only people on the planet that has a God who has left us with prophetic truth of the future. About 30% of the word of God is prophecy and the majority of it is a gift from God about what things are gonna be like in the end. And I know we're living in difficult times but it's not what you think. What you're experiencing right now is not the judgment of God. These are signs for you of the coming time. Eventually, we will all be taken away. That's what the Word of God says. You know, like one of the major crises in our culture right now is racism. Can I get an amen from somebody? But in all actuality, it's just one of the many, many realities in our culture. Factually, we are living in the most immoral time in the world. Via technology, we are being consumed with immorality. Via social media, you are being consumed. There are terms right now. If I toss some terms out you about certain issues, all right? And I know because we don't have children's ministry right now, I want to be careful in some of the terminology that I use. But you know that what last month was, right? And so when I suggest that to you, there are now terms. We have went beyond just our usual letters LGB. We've went through through beyond that. Now, now there's a term that is taking precedence over all of those terms, which says this, no one can tell anybody what they are or are not. Change all of the pronouns, and you can do whatever you want with whoever you want, and as many as you want, and no one can tell you anything different. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Wave your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Now, I'm saying that, and you say, Pastor, you're being mean right now because there are people that need help. All right, I want you to know no matter what your sin, no matter who you are, no matter how broken you are, I love you and I care about you. I want you to be safe. I want you to be well-fed. I want you to be employed. I want all of those things. But I also want you to know that this is a sign of the times. It's a sign. And ultimately what happens is with all of of that, cataclysmic judgment will fall upon the earth. Look at the clouds! I was watching the clouds in my backyard the other day and took one of those slow motion videos of it as the dark clouds were over my yard and I watched them going and it jumped into my heart. People are being caught up in the wind. They're being caught up in the cloud. It's like this is going on in the world and so we're so busy just embracing and saying, yeah, I love you that we forget this reality that in the last days there is a cloud of immorality that is sweeping over our culture and it's catching up godly and righteous people who know better who know the word of god yes i love you my brother my sister my neighbor i care about you i don't want you to be hurt i don't want you to i don't want you to lose but this is still the truth in the last days there's so much immorality that is moving don't get caught up in it and pretend that jesus is not coming back We're seeing the erosion of morality, specifically in our culture, not only addictions to sexuality, but greed and pride. We've got a world that's filled with hatred and venom. Do you see this? Be careful, church, in all that's going on, don't get caught up in hatred. Don't get caught up in hatred. Shout it, don't get caught up in hatred. you got to love people, and you want to see people come to Christ. You love them no matter how immoral they are. You love them. You love them. But you do not embrace these things. Jesus. We're in a moral free fall. Can I finish preaching this? When our son, Preston, was born, we lived in Fairborn, Ohio. And as we were there, before he was born, we wanted to prepare the nursery. And we prepared it with Noah's Ark characters. Little animals along the top. No wonder he became the pastor of disaster. Don't you realize that Noah's Ark is one of the most frightening horror stories that's in the entire Bible? Yeah, but there were animals only two by two. The rest of them were destroyed. There was Noah and his wife and their children, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, they all got in the boat. Everybody else, Died in the whole world. So we have these cute little songs that we sing about Noah's ark. The Lord told Noah to go and build an arky, arky, build it out of gopher barky, barky, children of the Lord. And everyone was drowned. And uh, that wasn't part of it. The animals, the animals, yeah. Horror story. Luke 17, go back with me to it, okay? And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day of Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. All, all of them, all of them. Now there's nothing wrong with eating and drinking and getting married. What they're saying is people were swept up in immorality and godlessness, but they were still going through life. In a normal fashion. We're finding new ways to eat, drink, and get married. Just going on about our lives. We're just just people. And we we see that. But without God. Hello. So here's a breakdown of the scripture. Uh, Business as usual. A refusal to listen to the voice of truth. A sudden removal of the righteous from the wicked. Followed by cataclysmic judgment. How many have ever seen that in the word of God? Over and over and over and over again. Over and over. Business as usual. Living as though nothing will change. This is the way it's going to be. Surprise, we got to wake up with this pandemic, didn't it? Things could change. A refusal to listen to the voice of truth. Noah a preacher of righteousness and had. Guess how many converts Noah had? Zero. No converts. It's getting harder and harder to get people saved these days. It's getting more and more difficult to preach the gospel to people. Say, this doesn't sound good. Lot also told people about heaven, told people about God. No converts. And that's the world that I'm living in. And then a sudden removal of the righteous from the wicked. Uh, 1 Thessalonians four sixteen. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So, all of this mess is going on. Anybody love Jesus? Who loves Jesus? Who's following Jesus? Who's serving Jesus? There is a community of people who love God and will not deny Him. They're going to love God. And the Bible says there will be a catching away. We used to call this the rapture of the church, a great sudden catching away before catechism judgment. And some people say, well, I don't know, pastor. I think some people might be going through this as it was on the day of Noah. How many drops of water fell on Noah's head? Nope. He was in the door, in the ark and God shut the door. How much, how many, how many fiery hailstones hit Lot in the head? None of them. The angels took them out of the city. And then that's the cataclysmic judgment not just some bad things happen in cataclysmic judgment massive destruction to everyone so we see this in scripture severe judgment i mean listen if you say well it's not so severe well i mean i talked to you from you know the God, from the epistle of peter last week about everything being melted you know in revelation 9:15, one of the judgments kills one third of mankind all right and at the end of the tribulation, there is no buying, there's no selling, there's no marrying. It's because there is no economy and billions of people have died. Now, that's, that's one truth. Now, here, let me give you this. Jesus is going to deliver us from that wrath. I just told you, somebody, thank God, we should be ready for the return of the Lord Jesus. Wave at me if that's true. We need to be ready for the return of the Lord Jesus. Come on, everybody, stay back. Get back online. I'm not finished preaching, okay? All right, listen, L- let me comfort you again I am so thankful that we are going to be removed. I'm so thankful. Now, there's so much more scripture. I haven't got time in this service to go through it. But if you look in Genesis chapter 6, you see of the setting of what was going on during Noah's time. Uh, it was, the, the Bible says that the, the, the world was corrupt, uh, which is the Hebrew word shakhath, which is evil, filthy, and immoral, ruined, and decaying. Uh, does that sound like the world we're living in right now? Does that? Do you see any of that? So, and and then, uh, the, you know, the scripture speaks in Second Peter two. He talks a little bit about Lot's situation. And the Greek word there is esogia, which is uh, licentious, sexually immoral, having an insatiable desire for pleasure with zero fear of God. As long as I feel good, I feel complete. How many have ever had to sacrifice yourself? Anybody ever had to sacrifice certain pleasures because, okay, just find it out. Okay, so the answer to Sodom and Gomorrah was given as an example of the wrath which was to come. Cataclysmic judgment. What we see in Scripture is that there will be a coming judgment on the world. A graphic illustration is 2 Timothy chapter 3. Notice I've been in Genesis. Notice I've been in Peter. Notice I've been all through the Scripture. Now I'm in Timothy. Know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. This is before the the judgment. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters proud, blasphemers disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of the good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, full of pride, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power from such people turn away. For of this sort... For, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women. That's men too, by the way. Loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janice and Jambres resisted Moses, so did these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproving, disapproved concerning the faith. Those particular individuals found uh, alternative magic to prove their power. That's who those guys were. So this is a wholesale destruction of morality. Paul uses 19 different measures. I don't have time to go through all of these, but simply he uses 19 measures. Exaltation of self and narcissism, a rejection of authority, rejection of moral standards, and disloyal and unloving and verbally vicious. All of these are issues that we see in this world. The world that we live in today is the world of the end times. You should be stirred up. You should be stirred up because of the day of the Lord. But not to fear, not to be faint hearted. Come on, church, start one and up, other up to love and good works. Be godly people, godly person. Here, let me give you some ideas of godly people an exaltation of God over self. I, and I, get, I get uncomfortable sometimes. Somebody comes up, and, and I need to be encouraged, but you walk up to me and say, Pastor, man, that was really good. I'm thinking, yeah. God used the donkey. He can use me. You know, I want to... Somebody say, praise Jesus. Somebody shout, praise Jesus. Just praise God. Uh, You know, we should be clothed in humility because God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Part of our sin nature is pride. Praise and worship is about Jesus. It's not about how good I sing. It's about how good God is. You hear what I'm saying? Saying Submission to God's authority and, his dele- and, and, and also those that he places over us in the Lord. You, do you agree to that? So we, are, we have lost that. I mean, if, if you're a preacher, it's like, yeah, what are, you're just trying to get people to come to church. Well, you know that must not be the truth because I'm preaching this this morning. And, and then the acceptance of absolute moral teaching. Does anybody know that there are things that are absolute in the Word of God? Okay, so let me just tell you this. Adultery is absolutely wrong according to God's Word. All right? Stay out of pornography. It's absolutely wrong in God's Word. What? Don't be, don't be a drunk. Get help. Get counseling. I'm, I know people say... I can't just stop. I hear you. How many have had to go through the journey of getting set free? Anybody? You had to go back to your triggers. But don't just live in the mess. You've been saved and set free from that. (sighs) Love others loyally and sacrificially. Blessed are the peacemakers, not troublemakers. You're the salt of the earth, Matthew 5 says. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Love others. Loyal. Come on, be loyal to one another. You love one another, somebody shout, I love you, I love you, I love you. Don't just talk about it. Actually do it. Because in these last days, we need to be a light to the world. We need to be influencing the world. Drawing people out of the world into the presence of God. Moses and Lot were preachers of righteousness rather than being fearful. And that's who we need to be on the day of the Lord because the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, the heavens will pass away with a great noise, the elements will melt. Before that happens, what kind of people ought we to be? Mark 8, Jesus says this, Whoever is ashamed of me and my words and this adulterous generation and sinful generation of him, the Son of God, will be ashamed when he comes. Somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Make sure everybody that knows you knows your Jesus. Somebody shout amen. Make sure. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. I'm not ashamed of the Word of God. I'm not ashamed of the truth of the lifestyle of God's Word. We need the blessing of God on our nation. And what we're experiencing now is a removal of blessing. We need to shout god we repent we come to you god make us a godly nation again imagine the day after the rapture of the church this is a good time to turn your life around somebody say pastor you are not preaching about grace yes i am i'm telling you about grace god has extended his return so all of us reprobates can get into the kingdom of God. Yes. I got to be done. Stand with me. I got to be finished. God so loved the world that he gave, say it, God so loved the world. John 3:16 that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have all we heard was whoever believes in him will have eternal life but he said also there's a perishing possibility so we need to get our lives right with the Lord Jesus today is the day of salvation for everyone everywhere you might say well pastor did the Lord remove his grace no he didn't remove. he loves you he'll forgive you but there has never been a time in the gospel where repentance was removed from the gospel message. In Acts 2, people said, well, what do I need to do? Peter was preaching this kind of doctrine. He was preaching from Joel chapter 2 and 25. And, you know, that, you know, the whole, the spirit of God will be poured out upon all flesh, your sons and daughters. But he also talked about, but also the world is going to be destroyed. Destroyed. I'm stirring you up. Anybody feel spurred this morning? Anybody feel like, Pastor, you keep kicking me with that. I don't know if I'd like that. I know because we want to stay right where we always have been. But this is the truth of God's word. He loves you and he sent his son so that your sins could be washed away, not so that you could continue in sin. There is nothing in scripture I've actually repented stood before the Lord and repented and said, God, as I look back over my life as a pastor, if I have ever given somebody this belief that they whispered the name of Jesus one day, but there was no repentance and no... You see what I'm saying? There is this beautiful moment in Scripture, however. There's a thief on the cross, and just before he dies, he calls out to the Lord Jesus. And he says, I know who you are. You know what he did? He was was dying next to Jesus. But in his death on the cross, publicly declared that Jesus Christ was the Lord. There was repentance in his life. And Jesus looked at his heart and said, Today you will be with me in paradise. That's his grace. That's his mercy. So today is a good day to give your life over to Jesus Christ. Somebody shout amen. Would you do that? Praise you, Lord Jesus. I stirred you up. I don't have any really cute stories right now. I really want to give you one. I want to give you a really cute story and well, let me go ahead and tell you. There was this, have you ever heard of Elmo before? Anybody heard of Elmo? I can do his voice. Would you like me to do his voice? I am not doing Elmo for you right now. I am not. That's what you want me to do so you can get your mind off of the truth that I have preached to you. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I'm standing here with my congregation that you have so blessed me to serve. You've called me to preach this word today. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, that by your word, you would stir our hearts and spur us to love and good works, realizing that repentance is good works. So say this with me. Somebody say it with me. Lord Jesus, Jesus, I repent. I turn to you. I am sorry for my sin. I reject it. Holy Spirit, come. Lead me into righteousness. Help me as I am transformed. As I am changed. Spur us. Stir us up to good works and righteousness as we see the day approaching. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Here we go. Open up your communion. Would you do that? Open up your communion. Open it up. It's the longest first service I've had since March. But you had to get the whole word today. Amen. So after I dismiss, I'm going to have to throw you out the door so we can clean this building before next service. Amen. All right. So take the cup and the bread. How many believe in Jesus? Who believes Amen. in Jesus? Yes. How many believe that his body was broken? Amen. Okay. You believe it? Yes. Are you ready to receive the body of Christ? you want to walk with the body of Christ. Anybody? I'm ready to receive the body of Christ. Say, Lord, change me. Lord, change me. Lord, Lord, we confess. We have repented. We believe in the work of, of the cross. We reject bitterness and hatred and unforgiveness, and we choose to follow you. Take the body of our Lord Jesus. Take and receive it. the cup. Take the cup. Jesus said, this cup is the cup of my new promise, my new covenant. My blood that is poured out for you so that you can be forgiven. You could be forgiven if it wasn't for his blood. He said, take and and drink it. Take and drink the cup. If you need prayer, If you want somebody to meet you, if you want to talk to somebody, just spread yourself out across the front, mostly to my right, if you would. Move to the right so that we can pray for you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, give you peace. Church, look at me. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Sing as you're leaving. Worship. God bless you. If you want prayer. Come and stand up here. Someone will meet you and pray with you if you would like prayer. God bless you all. Be dismissed as you choose.